Join Bloomberg in San Francisco or virtually on May 7th for The Future Investor, Data-Powered Transformations. This 2024 event series will examine how data is not only playing a pivotal role in investment decisions, but serves as a driving force behind the construction of innovative investable enterprises. This series is proudly sponsored by Invesco QQQ. Register at BloombergLive.com slash FutureInvestor slash radio. Prime Minister, thank you so much for speaking to Bloomberg. Now, you've announced some £29 billion of new investments. Investors, of course, see opportunities partly because they think that it's actually cheap and has further to grow. But then there's also things that they worry about. The reversal of HAs2, your stance on the European Court. How do you address some of those questions they have for you? Well, look, first of all, we're excited to be hosting our Global Investment Summit. And it's our welcome to business event. I'm also very pleased that, as you mentioned, we have secured commitments of almost £30 billion of investment. That's more than double, if not triple, what we had when we last held this summit. So I think that's an enormous vote of confidence in the UK. And it comes on the back of a very positive autumn statement that we just delivered with significant support for business. So I think there's real momentum in the UK economy. You're seeing that with tangible commitments from investors at a scale we haven't seen before. So look, we're poised to have a very positive day. So Prime Minister Jeremy Hunt framed the autumn statement as a pathway to growth, and yet the OBR trimmed their forecast for next year in 2025. Do you think the OBR is being too conservative? Hey, look, the story of the UK is an economy that has got real momentum. So I've been prime minister for just over a year. During that time, we've halved inflation, as I said we would do. We've known now that the UK economy has recovered faster from the pandemic than pretty much any other major European economy. And over the long term, we're still forecast to outperform major European economies. Um, but crucially, business investment has grown faster than any other G7 economy over the last few years. And I think ultimately, if you want to drive growth and productivity in an economy, you need business to be investing, we have more momentum for business investment here than anywhere else. So look, I, I feel actually very positive about the long-term growth outlook for the UK. So do you think the OBR is actually going to have to revise them upwards? Are you confident that the numbers will come in so that you can continue cutting tax? What I can tell you is that when I became Prime Minister just over a year ago, not just the OBR, but also the Bank of England, the OECD and the IMF, all of them predicted that the UK would be in recession this year. That hasn't happened. We, we put in place a set of policies to ensure that it didn't. And I'm delighted the UK economy has outperformed all of those and has grown this year better than anybody thought. So look, I've got a track record in outperforming what people think. And the, as I said, the UK economy has real momentum now. Inflation has been halved. Business investment is growing faster than elsewhere. And as I said, we've got commitments totaling almost £30 billion for our summit, it's significantly more than we've had in the past. So I think that shows that investors and companies are voting uh, with, their, with, their, with their pounds and their dollars, and that shows that there is confidence in the economy. And that's what makes me think we're poised for strong growth. But, Prime Minister, if you look at inflation, if you actually exclude energy, it's about, you know, been uh, down by like a fifth. So I don't know how much credit the government can actually take on that. Well, actually, if you look at core inflation, it's uh, pretty much middle of the pack for European economies uh, forecast next year to be lower than the eurozone. And I think in the US, the last numbers I checked. So actually, the momentum on inflation is downwards and coming down faster than peers over the course of the next 12 months, if you look at the forecast. Um, and we're making sure that we are disciplined with borrowing, like ultimately what investors are looking at to make sure that fiscal policy is sensible. We're not fueling the inflationary fire. We're being sensible on public sector 
wage settlements. Uh, and actually, you're seeing that feed through to the economy. And as I said, we're also improving labor supply. If I talk to businesses, you know, what they're keen to see is access to labor. We're making sure right. that our labor market uh, remains flexible, that we're moving people off welfare and into work. Uh, all of those things are contributing to, I think, downward momentum on inflation. But Prime Minister, if the OBR is actually right in their forecast, what does it mean where you can actually find some spending freeze or actually cuts? Well, what we've just delivered are significant tax cuts, significant tax cuts for business, significant tax cuts for everybody in work. That's what our autumn statement last week did. Uh, the biggest tax cuts in one event since the 1980s, just to give people a sense of scale. For business, what we're doing is making full expensing permanent. So we will be the only major G7 economy, certainly, and even broader than that, where you get a total write-off against your taxes for capital investment. That's an incredibly generous regime to attract business investment. And it comes on top of the fact that our corporation tax rate here is lower than any other G7 economy. And when it comes to individuals in work, we've just delivered a very significant personal tax cut that will put £450 extra uh, in, in the bank accounts of a typical person in work over the next 12 months, which will also be Prime good Minister, for consumption as well. That, that you have to find money in, for example, departments where you know that voters actually want you to spend more in certain departments. So are you comfortable as, as you know, possibly being Prime Minister of Austerity? No, that's simply not the case. Actually, government spending in the UK right now is at very high levels. Historically, over this parliament, it's grown at very high levels, even in real terms after the impact of inflation. So I think any commentary or accusation that that's what's happening is just simply unfounded. And we're at a point now, given how people are feeling, given the amount that's being spent, where I think the priority has got to be lowering the tax burden. Right? Government's already spending a lot of people's money. And what we need to see going forward is more productivity out of the public sector, needs to match what we've seen in the private sector post-COVID. And I'd rather focus on efficiency in the public sector and prioritize cutting people's taxes rather than the government spending ever more of their money. That's the point, I think, and I'm very clear that that is the choice that we are making. But even if the voter doesn't necessarily feel that tax cuts because of inflation going up, so how much more can you cut taxes in April and beyond? Well, it wouldn't be right to speculate on future events. We're just still digesting the one we've had, which, as I said, delivered the biggest tax cuts since any event uh, since the 1980s. But what I have said is that this is the start of a journey. And, you know, I, I meant that when I said, look, after we got inflation down, I wanted to focus on making sure that we reward people's hard work, making sure that we grow the economy and responsibly cutting taxes. And, you know, when we can do more, we will, because that's the direction of travel here now. Uh, Prime Minister, is a Rwanda flight taking off before the election actually critical to your message to voters or will bringing down the immigration numbers be enough? Well, I think the British people's priority is to stop the boats to stop illegal migration. That's why at the beginning of this year, when I set out five key priorities I had, one of them was to deliver on that. And I'm really pleased that since I said that, we've managed to cut the numbers by a third. Uh, now, you know, when I got this job, they had gone up and up and up. They'd actually quadrupled in the past few years. But for the first time, they're now coming down and not down by little, down by a lot, down by a third, when in the rest of Europe, they're going up. So we're making progress. But I do want to deliver on our Rwanda plan because that's how we will finish the job. And we're going to do everything that I deem necessary to make that happen. So when, Prime Minister, will you publish a treaty and bill on Rwanda? And will the bill actually contain this notwithstanding clause so you can ignore 
ignore future legal judgments. Now, I, you know, what I've been very clear on is that we will address all the concerns that the courts have raised about Rwanda. I would you know, gently point out that the United Nations themselves have used Rwanda for migrant resettlement schemes in the past. Uh, and we've worked with the Rwandan government yeah. to put in place a treaty which will reassure everyone and address all the concerns that have been raised. And then Parliament will be given the opportunity to scrutinize that and also demonstrate that it believes that Rwanda is safe for this type but of But what program. does that mean, Prime Minister, that you will push it, even if it means going against the European Court? I think we can we can act completely in compliance with our obligations, and that's very much the approach we've taken so far. Some objections and concerns have been raised by our court. We will address all of those and then make it crystal clear that our parliament, which of course is sovereign in these matters, will be able to scrutinize that and then actually determine that Rwanda is safe. How will you decide when you call an election? Again, that, that, that's something that I, we announce in the normal way. <laughs> But is there a trigger point? Are you looking at a certain I mean, number I, I, of something? I, I, I really, the I'm economy? not focused on elections. I'm really just focused on delivering on the things that I said I would do for the British people. And that is, now that we've halved inflation, we can turn on to cutting taxes, rewarding hard work. It's also about growing the economy. That's what our support and tax cuts for business were about last week. Also tackling illegal migration, stopping the boats where we've made good progress already with more to come. You know, these are all the things I'm focused on. And also, you know, we've taken some you know, big decisions here about a more pragmatic approach to net zero, for example, which is something that I think is right, that we've got to bring people with us on that journey. We've got to save yeah. working families money as we do it. So, you know, we're doing some big things that are making a big difference to people. And I want to make sure that we deliver on this. Uh, Prime Minister, you've also taken a, a hard line, of course, on rising anti-Semitism mm. in the UK. The White House has denounced Elon Musk for what happened on X in the last couple of days. Do you do the same? Yeah, look, I, I don't tend to get in the business of scrutinizing what every single person says who I've interacted with. Of course, I abhor anti-Semitism. And as you said, we've been unequivocal from the start uh, of this situation that that is not acceptable in our society. And we've been very firm about that. I've personally been very firm about that. It's very sad. Uh, what is happening. But are you on the condemning streets. Elon Musk? I, as I said, I condemn all anti Semitism, right? It's not about any one particular personality. I condemn anti Semitism I mean, in all its forms. He has a voice, he has a big platform, Prime Minister. Uh, well, I, and as I said, I condemn anti Semitism in all its forms. It, it, it doesn't matter whether you're Elon Musk or you're someone on the street who's shouting abuse at someone who happens to be walking past you. That's wrong in all its forms. Anti-Semitism in all its forms is completely and utterly wrong. And we have strong laws in place here to tackle racial hatred. People are inciting it. Some of the scenes we've seen have been unacceptable. And the police know that they should be using the full force of their powers to bring those people uh, to justice. That's what we've been very clear about. And that's what we will continue to do. And we've made sure that the Jewish community gets extra funding here to ensure their safety and security and we will continue to do that. Prime Minister, what kind of plan do you have for Gaza? When do you think the fighting will stop and can the UK actually be uh, involved in, in the peacekeeping role afterwards? You know, we've been consistently clear during this uh, awful tragedy that Israel does have a right to defend itself. It should do that in accordance with humanitarian law and we've also consistently called for sustained humanitarian pauses where aid can get in, but also hostages can come out. And I'm glad that that is now happening. And I think all of us will have seen some of the scenes over the past day or two and found that very heartening. It's important that everyone 
honours the agreement and we can continue to see more progress. Um, and we will be continuing to talk to all our partners in the region, whether that's the Americans, the Israelis, the Egyptians, the Qataris, to make sure uh, that we can see this through. Is, is the UK still for a two-state solution? Always has been and, and can, will continue to be. And we need to redouble our efforts towards that. And that's something we've been very clear about. And I spoke to the Palestinian president when I visited the region specifically about this. The UK will do everything it can to you know, help the Palestinian Authority. We do need to look to the future of Gaza post Hamas and actually make sure that everyone in the region can look forward to a future where they can live lives of dignity and security and opportunity. That's the vision that I think all of us share, but we've got to redouble our efforts to bring that about. Prime Minister, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. Join Bloomberg in San Francisco or virtually on May 7th for the Future Investor, Data-Powered Transformations. This 2024 event series will examine how data is not only playing a pivotal role in investment decisions, but serves as a driving force behind the construction of innovative, investable enterprises. This series is proudly sponsored by Invesco QQQ. Register at BloombergLive.com slash Future Investor slash radio.